Holy shit, guys. Are you excited? Are you? I certainly hope so, because this is a very big episode for Terribly Funny. It's our 50th, which is not 100. It's halfway there, but damn it, man, 50 episodes. That's been a lot of talking, a lot of earnest feeling talks with a bunch of funny people. Uh, Hey, hi guys, it's me, your host, your friend, Steve Bazelon. And as I said, this is a very special episode. It's the 50th episode, and as such, we have a very special guest. A repeat offender, um, somebody who you know her work from Orange is the New Black. I know her from, you know, childhood theater and previously being married to her. It's Lauren Morelli. She really hounded me in her previous episode about, I want to come back. So here she is for the 50th episode, and it was a joy to have her because, uh, you know, there's very few people that you have such a shorthand with, and she is one of them. So it's nice to talk, have uh, earnest feeling talks with her. Um, We're going to get to that in a second. She's going to talk about all sorts of fun stuff, like what it's like to lose a therapist. Uh, We're going to talk about mourning in general. We're going to talk about gender issues. We're going to talk about just the importance of having open discussions, even if you uh, don't totally understand what you're talking about, because it normalizes it and it gives a voice and allows other people to feel sane when they don't understand things. Uh, We're talking about a bunch of amorphous bullshit. I think you'll like it. But because this is the 50th episode, I wanted to reach out to a few people who have gone out of their way to thank me for doing this. Um, You know, started this whole thing just so everybody can feel like they have a voice, feel like whatever weird shit they're going through is not so weird because we're all going through weird shit. We just don't talk about it. We don't put it on Instagram. We don't put it on Twitter. Because we're we're all little publicists. We want to put our best foot forward. So that's what this whole thing is for. So I want to say thank you to those who reached out to me. So without further ado, here we go. Uh, Julissa, Luke from Australia, Blythe from Canada, New York, uh, New York, Nicole, who's an Eagles fan, Jessia, Jessa from New York City, Susie from Austin, who we've done a lot of uh, emailing back and forth. She's great. Carrie from Pitt, who I uh, went to high school with. Uh, Evelyn, Dave from Boston. Catherine from L.A. Whitney also from L.A. Aaron, Adam, April, Jesse, Alisa, Alicia, Lena, Brianna, Danny, Laura, who worked in New York hospitals for a long time. Holly, Katie from Charlotte. Uh, Also, a ton of people who have reached out to me via Instagram and Twitter. Uh, People from uh, Australia, New Zealand, uh, Thailand, Vietnam, South Africa, the U.K., uh, 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 Switzerland, uh, France, uh, I think I've said most of the places. Anyways, thank you so much for uh, being a part of this community and just making me feel like I'm not a dumb idiot talking to the void. Uh, I'm doing this because it's, it's a fun little experiment to me and the fact that it matters to any of you, well, shit, that melts my heart. It really does. Um, and that's it, gang. Other than to say, you know, if, if you do like this episode, if you do like this this podcast, Tell your friends. We're 50 strong. We've got a bunch of good ones coming up. Um, And uh, if you like it, go to our iTunes page, subscribe, leave a rating, give us a review. Uh, And you can also reach out to us, as so many other people did, at our our email. It's terriblyfunnypodcast at gmail. I would love to hear from you. And when we get to the 100th, maybe I'll thank you. Ooh, fun stuff. Okay, I'm done talking. You can stop listening to me, and now you can get to Laura Morelli talking about all sorts of fun, sad stuff. Here we go, gang. Brand new episode of Terribly Funny. How am I doing? I said it'd be interesting you asked, did it start? I said it's going real well. I'm going to put it here. It's going to be in this hot sunshine. Is that okay? I don't know, man. Are you going to edit this out? No, I won't be. You know, we always. Who knows? Who knows? It's we'll jazz, see. baby. It's jazz. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to do my La La Land bit now? You have a La La Land bit? I don't have a bit. I have a rant. I mean, who doesn't have a rant? Yeah, that's fair. Didn't you, didn't you win? Isn't everything fine? 
We won. You won. Humanity won. Humanity not, won. Not you, us. Us. Don't you feel like humanity won? Pronouns. <laughs> it's a good thing we didn't have that conversation on the podcast. No, I think that would have been good. Guys, pre-podcast, I was yep. just walking Steve through gender you neutral. Walking me through. I mean, kind of. Yeah. You had a lot of questions about gender neutral pronouns. No, it was. It was. But we were talking. It was less about the understanding of not identifying with a specific gender. Uh huh. More about. Do you know, wobble the microphone more? I'm taking my shoes and socks off. Uh, I'm getting get comfortable. <laughs> Um, it was less about uh, the idea, the, not the understand, not the um, identifying with a specific gender, but more uh-huh. about making it a uh, um, that the pronoun is like the sticking point. Well, I don't think it's like let go of pronouns and therefore the whole problem is fixed that Agreed. we live in a binary yeah. system but I think it's uh, what I was saying earlier wow we're doing this huh I guess well we don't have to what I was saying earlier is like it's about having the choice yes. right it's about not like participating in this binary system that's being handed to us and like if it starts with the choice of a pronoun that that's something that we can all very easily accommodate and as like you know liberal educated people I feel like if not us then who I agree intrinsically also, I was just saying my point, I guess, about, like, um, there's a great South Park episode. Oh. Uh-huh. You know how much I love that show. You don't like it that much, do you? I mean, it's fine. I just never watch it. Yeah. I, I mean, anyways, it doesn't matter. It's yeah. Great. Last season's great. You I've heard that. It. Yeah. Um, but there's an episode a long time ago about, like, Kyle's dad is an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And he, like, it's a disease. Mm-hmm. It's a disease. Mm-hmm. And it's this, like, whole thing about he's becomes an, he's an alcoholic, and then he... Uh, subsequently stops drinking and he like gets very religious Mm -hmm. in the end it's this whole thing about um, Kyle saying that like dad aren't you if like if you stop drinking and you're also focused on not drinking isn't it controlling your life almost in the same way if it is if you're drinking isn't like the real power in just uh, being able to have one or two and to up and not be zealous in either fashion. It's uh-huh. not the same thing in, 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 at all. No, no, I'm really missing the comparison here. <laughs> I guess the, the, what I'm saying is, is it's just giving it giving power to a system. I guess. No, but I feel like it's exactly the opposite, the opposite of, that. of that. It's undercutting the system by by choosing to invent a third path. Right. You don't have to be him or her. You can be this this third thing. Yeah, you know? I, I agree with that. But it also it's like validating that like. That this the, the binary that the binary system that it's giving it's giving more power I suppose, I, but it already has all the power in the world. Yeah. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Like it's that, a, that's all there is. That's all there is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. What else do you have to say about this? Oh, anything else that makes me seem like a, a backwards <laughs> a backwards turd? That's for sure what you seem like a backward a what a backwards turd. turd. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. I, th- I think just all this came out of just like the idea of like pronouns are always tricky. We have we have pronouns we have friends who have transitioned, and like that was always the hardest part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially if you've known somebody before they transition, if yeah. you've known them for a long time. Right. Because then when you like tell a story in the past, you're like she, but then like but now he. Right. That was always the hardest thing. Yeah, but this is the thing I think, especially right now in the current political climate. The last time I was on the podcast, mm-hmm. the po- the political climate was very different in our country. Sure was that's politics. How, that's, politics. When was that? How long ago was I on now? July. Whoa. Yeah. Um, Episode 50. Hey, you did it. Congrats, bro. We did it. Did we? Well, you did something. Yeah, I don't feel like I did much, but... She tweeted about like once. All right. All right. All right. Should we... Was it the most listened to episode ever? Oof. Somebody's got an ego. Is that a true statement? I don't know, man. Wow. Wow. Really? Yeah. It's not binary. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. (laughs) Ooh, 
I can't wait for some angry queer people to tweet at you. Oh, come on. <laughs> I am, um, I'm team ally. You told me that it was the most listened to episode by far, you it asshole. Is. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. So that's what I did. Because you're an interesting person. Yeah. And what? her story's interesting. That's true. Yeah. Mm. Wait, what were you just talking about? Oh, our political climate. Yes. I was just going to say, I feel like you were saying that, that, you know, when we've had friends who have transitioned mm-hmm. from one gender to another, that pronouns are tough. But, like, this is the thing right now, right, is, like, as people with privilege, I think we it's kind of our job and obligation to figure out ways that you can sacrifice for people who are less privileged than you, right? Like, truly helping other people is about being willing to be uncomfortable and so if like for me i always think about like the very least i can do is take a second to be like wait what pronoun do you prefer like oh. truly the very least oh 100 and like, i i think i um I, I i'm i agree with that intrinsically and i'm happy to do whatever i can because yeah. look at me I literally live on the fourth and fifth floor of a building, a, a, a white guy in L.A. I'm, you know, I am the most privileged. Yeah. Uh, all I, 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 the point I was just making is like it was actually hard to do. Yeah. Like it was like it was just hard to make the transition. That's yes. All. Yes. You know, I'm just making the point that like do. yeah, but like the difficult. I just want to be clear that like the difficulty of that when juxtaposed against the difficulty of the person actually transitioning. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, this is me being like, but I had to wait in line for something fancy. <laughs> right. It's like, I was just right. saying, like, that was one thing about our friend Thomas. Yes. Like, I remember one time we were in uh, Connecticut. Yes. And uh, he and his then wife came mm-hmm. to visit. Mm-hmm. And I remember us talking about, like, I was like, I remember saying to him, like, honestly, the hardest thing is, like, I've had a hard time doing the pronouns. He's yeah. like, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And that was, like, yeah. such a nice thing. Is like, yeah. that was clearly not the hardest thing for him. But it was also, like... It was a nice thing of normalizing, just like totally. right. This it's just like a it's just like as much as like if you're always used to going. I always make a left on Main Street right. to go home, and right. then you move, and like yeah. it's in my body to always yeah. make a left on Main Street. It's yeah. like a dumb thing. No, totally. And I think Thomas gave us such a gift in that like he was so gracious and permissive of things like that. Right, like he mm-hmm. really invited the conversation. So instead of making people feel like shamed or uncomfortable around it. it he really like opened himself and was so vulnerable vulnerable in terms of like yeah yeah it's a transition for all of us and so it felt really safe yeah. to like fuck up sometimes and, and, I, and I think um, honestly I think that's like a big reason why I do this mm-hmm. um, because I remember it's, it's normalizing things that are hard yeah. Right? Totally. And I remember um, our very good friend, Dan Levy. Yeah. Like, I remember you shortly after you came out. Are you crying already? Yeah, of course. I slept like two hours last <laughs> night. This right. is going to be a mess. This is going to be a mess. I'm just so excited that we're already crying. Yeah. Also, it should be said that, like, right before we started this, Lauren came over and I just talked to her for an hour about, like, a girl that I've started dating yeah. and like, and, but just like, we we're just like throwing bro- out. <laughs> talking about ladies. Just talking about ladies. Talking about date nights. <laughs> it's my favorite. Yeah. So anyway, you're anyway, crying. Uh, you I was about? crying just because. Oh, you were saying something about Dan Levy. I was saying like, uh, um, as much as, um, I was inarticulate about making my point about, um, uh, people who identify as neither gender as they or mm-hmm. them, 
Um, I was not very, very articulate about that, but also just like, feel like that's okay to be like, for me to stumble through that. Of course. Because I feel like a lot of people feel that way. Sure. And it's just like saying like, I'm not right. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm also like inherently supportive, but just like saying like, I have these thoughts and everybody has these kind of thoughts yeah. and feelings. And it's I, uh, just trying, trying to discuss things and normalize them and right. bring understanding by just doing that. But I guess what I'm saying is, um, the thing that you're talking about, Thomas giving a gift of like being like, yeah, it was, we, it's weird for me too. Yeah. And it's like, oh, we're all, we're all universally feeling similar things totally. to different extents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like that's why I do this podcast is because like talking about death or talking about yeah. depression or even talking about just being broke or talking about disappointment in career or love, um, are generally speaking, I think things that are relatively taboo. Yeah. Um, or at least there are things that you don't talk about in passing totally. or like casual conversation. Yeah. And I think that's why I do this is because it helps to make them feel normal. Yeah. And I, I was talking about, um, I was bringing up Dan Levy, our, our good buddy. Yeah. Cause I remember shortly after you came out, I remember you saying like how lovely it was the way that he is. I don't know if he is, um, I think he's just intuitively like very emotionally mature. Yeah. I don't think he like can articulate that. <laughs> but he's just like such like, it, like just, I mean, you do know the story better than I do. Yeah. But I think he just kind of came up to you like the first time he saw you and it's like, Hey, good to see you. Hugs. How are you? And then immediately like, how fucking weird is it that you're a lesbian now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, was literally the first a, thing he said to Yeah, me. and it wasn't like, he wasn't dancing around it. No. And there was no judgment. It was like, just fun. It was yeah. like, oh, so this is crazy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like yeah. calling out like what he's feeling, what a lot of people are feeling, what you were feeling. Yeah. And it just like makes it feel like, oh, right, we don't have to put these pretenses up and we can have a conversation. Totally. Yeah. And I think in that moment, like, I remember that night being hard because we were at a friend's, our friend Eric's show, yeah. and whenever Eric performs, like, all of our friends would always go, and it was one of the first times that I think you and I were, like, attending an event after I had come out, like, people knew that we were getting divorced, and... Yeah, but we were... But it was very... Together. Yeah, yeah, it was very fresh, and yeah. I think, God, what, it's like, we're four years into Three. divorce? Three years into divorce? Um, I think people felt like four though, right? (laughs) Just can't put it behind me fast enough. Um, I think people are still a little uncomfortable and weird about it. So back then people were really did not know what to do. And I I don't, I'm sure you were getting this too. I was getting a lot of like hugs and then with like a sad face, like, how are you? Oh, are you That's the word I lived in for at least six months. Right, right. So, like, to have Dan come up to me and just be like, hey, you're gay. This is fucking crazy. Yeah. It just, like, it made me laugh. It was so joyful. Yeah. Like, And to your point, yeah, like, because both of us were like, this is fucking weird. Yeah. Uh, but no one was giving, I don't know, people felt so unsafe around it. Yeah, but just, like, t- talking about it very frankly, but in such a way that was, like, joyful. Totally. It wasn't like, this is weird, and right? it wasn't It like, was just like, yeah. this is weird, but, like, life's weird and messy. Yeah, yeah, in the yeah. same way that I'm articulate about talking about uh, non-gender specific people. Yeah. It's fucking messy. Sure. But it's also interesting. Yeah, and I think, I think you're articulating a thing... It's so, this is exactly what you're doing with this podcast is like, you're inviting the conversation, right? Like that conversation we just had a little on the podcast and before the podcast is, you know, you're asking questions about, about people who are gender or feel gender neutral. And I could be like, wow, Steve, I can't believe you don't understand this or like make you right. I could shame you. I could act judgmental or I could like sit and listen to you and 
try to understand what parts of it you don't understand, try to like illuminate the parts that I do, which is like not as someone who, you know, isn't living that experience. There's only so far my experience can go, but like, and that's what Dan did for me, right? It was, Mm -hmm. it was inviting the conversation instead of like everyone standing around in in awkward silence, acting like everything's fine, which is like my least favorite mode of life. Yes. To be clear. <laughs> Just because even though I stumbled through it. Are we going to spend the rest of the, the podcast with you apologizing? Backtracking? Fantastic. No, but I, I, the point I was making was like that I understand not identifying with a specific gender. Of course. But I guess to me it's just like doing the they, them uh-huh. is almost somehow highlighting it more. And maybe that's the point. Yeah. well, this That is, is the point, right? Yes. I yes. mean, this is what I was saying to you before the podcast and now we'll do it on the podcast. I mm-hmm. think that like as... A, a white straight man yep. you don't often if ever have the experience of having to assert your identity no which as you know someone who came out fairly recently I remember when I was coming out someone saying to me that like being gay means coming out on a daily basis right. and I was saying this to you before like now that Samira and I are engaged I've learned that I often dread the fact that I'm engaged coming up around people I don't know because right. it's just an act of like sitting and waiting for them to use the wrong pronoun right. every time, right? It's just yeah. straight, it's straight privilege, right? It's assumed that I'm marrying a man. So then yeah. I have to always do the thing of like, so I'll be like, oh, I'm getting married. Oh, amazing. How long have you known him? I've known her for right. however long, right? And that's the thing that you just always have to do. Constantly. It's constantly asserting my gender identity. construct. Exactly. Right. Exactly. It's constantly fighting for your visibility because right. we assume white, straight, you know, we assume all of these things that that if you are not those things, you have to really fight to have people see you. Yeah. You know, so that's why the, the pronoun choice is really important. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. Um, this is a going to be a, a wild change. Do it. Subject. Do it. But do you remember after, because we talked about La La Land a little bit here. <laughs> yeah. Um, right after the Oscars, there was like a, a New York Times piece or a New Yorker piece mm. about like... Uh, Basically, the thing is like we're we're probably definitely living in some sort of virtual reality, and there's like a glitch in the system. Uh huh. Um, meaning that like there's like a lot of weird things that happen, like like the fact that like uh, the what's happening politically, and uh-huh. it's like and this like this confluence of weird shit in one time uh-huh. feels uh-huh. like that there's like like Elon Musk said there's like a ninety nine point nine percent probability that we are just living in like a, a we are like a computer program in the future. We're like in the darkest timeline. Yeah, kind yeah. of okay. in essence. And, but like pointing to like, uh, like Trump or, or the La La Land Moonlight fiasco, uh-huh. I was like, this is proof that we're in a glitch. Uh-huh. I thought was like just so egocentric. Right. And like it's not taking, it's just like thinking like, well, we're the center uh-huh. of this program. That like child slavery, well, like- child sex slaves in Calcutta. Uh-huh. They're 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 glitching too. Like right. they're always fucking glitching. Like it just assuming that like we're the center of the world. Right. And there's like a couple weird things that have happened, mm-hmm. and they mean a lot to us. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. something totally. on the computer system must be wrong. Yeah. Well, even I mean, if you just leave that your argument in America, that's true, right? Because that's also super liberal centric. Yes. So it's like, well, our point of view is the center of everything. So therefore, the people who voted for Trump and are actually enjoying his presidency. Yeah. Are, are other. Yes. Right? And that's yeah. the whole fucking problem. As long as we continue to treat people as, as other, yeah, yeah, that is the problem in my Stigmatize anybody that's different. And I do it myself. Right. 
you know? And I right. think that's a human thing to do, but it yeah. does a disservice. Yeah. I think just not, again, it comes back to inviting the conversation, right? Yeah. Like if I am unwilling, and I know there are plenty of people who disagree with this and I, and I understand that. I think even probably this perspective that I have is indicative of a certain kind of privilege, but not inviting the conversation, not being willing to sit and listen to someone who supports Trump for various reasons, yeah. I think is as problematic as Trump being president is for me. Do you know what I mean? Like, I have to be willing to sit. We all yeah. have to be willing to sit and, and listen. And it's just uncomfortable. It's discomfort, yeah. right? That's yeah. like what most of the things, I mean, that's the whole reason, that's another reason we don't have these casual conversations about right. mourning, about loss, about right. uh, all the things that are so omnipresent in all yeah. of our lives. Yeah. But it's like uncomfortable to talk about them. Right. How are you? I'm fine. Thank God. I don't right. want to talk about it. Totally. Anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which is the reason why like people have discomfort around like people requesting using different pronouns, right? Because you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. You feel like you're going to use the it wrong makes pronoun. Me, and I don't want to, I don't want to, even if it's coming from a good place, I don't want to fuck up. Right. I don't want to, I right. don't want to, I don't want right. to feel like I am antiquated. Right. So don't ask me to feel uncomfortable yeah. and do the wrong thing. But like life's so easy if I just like yeah, say what yeah. I know. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Well, I think we solved a lot of stuff. We're done here, right? We solved not all the world's problems, but like a fair amount. I feel like all of them. Yeah. I feel like we just did it. Well, um, go from here? this is very amorphous, uh, <laughs> so let, let's bring a little bit more direction. Wait, I have, I have a question. Oh, yeah. sorry. Do you want to take us somewhere? Uh, I was going to, but, you know, please, you're my guest. Yes, I am. Yeah. Well, Big since, 50. Yeah, okay, so it's the 50th episode, yep. and you started talking about why you do this podcast. Mm-hmm. 50 episodes in... How are you feeling about it? How are you feeling about doing it and where it's taken you? Um, I really love it. It's a pain sometimes to like actually do... The work of it? Not, no, actually, whenever I'm doing this, when yeah. I'm having the conversations, that's what I really enjoy. Yeah. That's what I, really, what I really like. I've made like a lot of friends. I've had really interesting conversations with people who are already friends that didn't know things about them. Like yeah. people that have been friends for decades. Yeah. And like just talk to them in an earnest way that I never have yeah and that I love yeah and I love that like legitimately several times a week I get emails from people from sometimes people that I've known in passing sometimes people that I've never met like yeah. in other countries like in Malaysia and like in England and Scotland and it's fucking cool and people mm-hmm. talking about like everybody's a different story about how they found it a lot of times it's from you oh does that circle back to what I've done for your podcast Wow. Have I been helpful, Steve? Oh boy. Huh. Well, that's so that. weird. So that's so weird. People you, find you, you for me, huh? You deigned to <laughs> to grace me with your presence. How great! How gracious of you. I am very gracious. Uh-huh. Okay, so you get cool emails. Yeah, yeah, but just like the people saying, like, this really helped me through a thing. Oh, that's so. You know, I'm going through a divorce. I just lost my brother. Um, I'm just depressed and in college. Yeah. And it's just like that, you know, when it's the things I don't like is like trying to like hound people to like to do it. Right. Because I don't, it's a hobby. It's a yeah, hobby yeah, for me. Yeah. And I don't want to be like, please do this. It's not, it's like, if you don't want to do it, that's, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. It's just a hobby. I right. don't, I only want, I only want you to do it if you're like excited or comfortable or feel like I don't want it to be like, come on, help me right. out, bro. Well, especially. So that's the part I hate. Right. But the, when I'm actually doing this, I love it. And it makes me feel like I'm doing something that matters. Yeah. And isn't. It's, you, you know, we are both incredibly lucky to have the jobs that we have yeah. and the careers that we have yeah. and get fulfilled on a daily basis. Yeah. But it still sometimes feels like you're 
just yelling at a wall like totally. it's in a void and like does this matter mm-hmm. what I'm doing matters and mm-hmm. this feels like a little bit like maybe this is also just also just yammering <laughs> but it also feels like to some people I've seen very um, tangibly how it has mattered to people yeah so that's nice it's amazing it's really amazing I feel like God, I think we just all feel so alone. Don't you think, like... Almost all the time. Yeah, yeah. Even, like, amidst... All the people. All the people that love us. Yeah, and it sounds like you're making people feel less alone, and that's pretty amazing. Yeah, and that's also... I, I know I, I, I started off by saying, like, that's one reason why I wanted to do this, is to, yeah. like, normalize things. Yeah. But I also wanted to... Um, feel like the... Uh, people or you know I guess people but also like just topics that don't have a voice yeah have a voice yeah because that's the way I felt like a lot when we were splitting up yeah is because there was um some salaciousness and a lore to mm-hmm. what you were going through mm-hmm. the way that you know you I think very articulately and beautifully like talked about your experience mm-hmm. in that essay mm-hmm. but then also the fact that you were like on a show and and dating an actress totally. so like became like a, a thing became yeah. like a story and something that people like really like championed and really like got behind yeah it was a lovely story but i was on the other side of that right so like i felt like but i'm here yeah and you guys are all celebrating this thing that's really painful to me yeah and not that um i didn't support you no but it like felt like i felt just so small without a voice yeah so I think that's another reason to, that I wanted to do something like this. Because now you have a voice. Not me specifically, but like things. Uh-huh. Like, you know, uh-huh. talking about the stuff that is hard for us. Yeah. But also you specifically. Me specifically. You know I mean, what I it's, mean? It's, it's having something that, I, that is mine. Yeah. Which is nice. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, talking about all the stuff. Like yeah. you and I are able to talk about this and I'm able to say that and yeah. whatever, how many people listen to it. But, um... Yeah, I think it's important for everybody to have a voice. And much, this all circles back down to, I want to be them, I want to be they, as opposed to him or her. Yeah, yeah. Because that's my voice. Well, that's the thing, right? It's like we get so caught up in defining how other people are supposed to live and what the system's supposed to look like, and then that it's just sort of like, but why can't we be more expansive about this? Like, why can't we just be like, you are allowed to live however you want to live yeah. as long as it doesn't prohibit me from living the way I want to live. Like, that's fine. <laughs> I, you know? Yeah, that's been always been my thought. Even before this was like, I feel like when I was just even younger and re- referring to like religion. Right. Because that like at a point in time that felt like the most like don't push your shit on me. Yeah. You know? And yeah. I was always like, anybody, I, I remember having a conversation, I don't know who with, but I was always feeling like anything live your life however you want as long as you're like not didactic right and like pushing right um like I said that's more uh, related to religion but just like whatever you believe is fantastic yeah. that's yeah. great that's fine. as long as it doesn't hurt anybody yeah do your thing who cares yeah well once again we've solved the world's problem we really have <laughs> um sorry you were going to attempt to make this get it some direction yeah yeah thanks for derailing <laughs> you're such a hero um, just such an abstract thinker, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, left, right brain. Right I brain. have no idea. No left-handed, right brain. I got no idea. Yeah, I'm Sorry. left-handed, so you get it. I don't really. <laughs> 
Um, what I was going to say is, uh-huh. uh, we had, you know, we have many conversations in the course of our life. Yes. Uh, you and I specifically, yes. and even since, you know, in July or whenever we so last many. did this, um, tell me some terrible stuff. Oh boy. Um, I feel like I know a lot of them. Yeah. Which is a real joy. What do you think the terrible things are? Do you want to list my terrible things? Uh, no. No. Okay. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> that isn't yours to do. Um, well, my, oh God, I can't believe I'm going to cry. Um, my therapist died, mm-hmm. um, about a month ago. <laughs> um, so that's really fresh. Yeah. And it was very sudden. He was very young. He was 48. Um, and I've been seeing him for a decade. <laughs> and so, you know, if you think about it, like, it's, it had not been a quiet decade of my life. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, it had been ages 24 to 34. Ugh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, also just wanted to, uh, point out before you continue yeah. that while you were talking a minute ago, I yeah. went to the room to get us tissues because I knew like that was a mistake <laughs> that I had this year the um, <laughs> um, you know, I like, I moved here mm-hmm. to be with you cause we had just started dating yeah. and I was feeling like super lonely and, and, um, I think really without purpose and meandering and I was surrounded by you and your friends who were very purposeful and not only like had purpose, but I felt like I, I didn't know what I wanted to do and I was surrounded by people who not only want, knew what they wanted to do, but they were doing it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you guys, at that time, to me, like, you were just figuring out how to do it. Like, mm-hmm. you weren't, none of you were waiting for permission for anyone else to, like, let you do it. You were writing and you were making movies and you guys were, like... A lot of times, poorly. Poor, but, but yeah, you know, but, still you, doing but it. you were doing it, yeah. And I didn't know anything about movies. I didn't really particularly care about movies. I wasn't like raised in a house where that mattered. No, I watched Back to the Future the first time with you. Yeah. And you know, for many years like, yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it. And then we sat on this couch and you're like, is Marty going to make it? I'm like, you motherfucker, you lie. You told me you'd seen it. Well, what's so interesting when you, when you don't grow up watching these things that everybody else watches, they become like, they're, they're so pervasive, you they're know, pervasive, oh, I know that scene. and they're like in the cultural lexicon. Uh-huh. So it's a little confusing. I forgot like whether I had actually seen them or not. Yeah. I've never seen Citizen Kane, but I fucking know Rosebud. Yeah. Exactly. I know what it's about. I right. feel like I've seen it, but yeah. I haven't. Never right. the whole thing. Right. So, um, I don't know. I just remember like being around cause I didn't know anyone in LA. I remember being around you and your friends and just like we would go out to dinner and everyone would talk about like the business and movies mm-hmm. and I would just... Which is so, also so crazy because none of us were really in it. I know. We were trying. But you were so... Pa- all of you were so passionate about it. Yeah. You really loved movies and filmmaking and TV and and I remember it really being the first time in my life where I felt like I didn't have anything to contribute. Mm-hmm. Like I just would go to these dinners and sit quietly for hours and... Um, Which has got to be foreign for you because you're always very articulate and can speak usually pretty um, pretty well on almost any subject oh geez I think that's nice I don't feel that way at all you're like thank I mean, you have, like you know I think well you're just you're an eloquent person and I feel like you usually know how to I mean that was like one of the things I was like really attracted to at first and just like 
that like, oh, I can go to a party with her and like I can walk away and she's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She well, can, she can talk to anybody. Right. Yeah, yeah. I guess I I feel comfortable saying that I'm like very socially competent. Yes. Yeah. Mostly because I'm just good at faking my way through conversations, yeah. right? Like if someone would bring it back to the future, I'd be like, oh, oh of course. Totally. That, my old yeah, favorite, Back to the Future, yeah. Um, so I think what we just uncovered is I'm a great liar. Really. Everybody knows that. <laughs> um, anyway, so I started going to therapy. I started seeing my therapist, Greg, and found him through your therapist yep. at the time. Um, cool. and I got from Dan Levy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to Dan. <laughs> God, Dan, we have you to thank for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so then Greg saw me through, like, you being incredibly sick. Mm-hmm. Me, um, I was a personal assistant at the time, mm-hmm. and I was very unhappy, and, like, Greg was the one who suggested that I needed some sort of creative outlet, so mm-hmm. I signed up for that class at UCLA, a writing class, and he, like, helped me, I think, along with you and other people, discover that I was a writer. Mm-hmm. He helped me through you being sick. He helped me through, like, our whole relationship and us getting engaged and me being really scared to get married mm-hmm. because of my parents' divorce and then like, oops, I'm like, and then suddenly, you know, the like terror of starting to question my sexuality, like, and then a year ago, my dad dying and through all of that, he was my constant. Mm-hmm. Um, ugh. <laughs> so... I mean, to lose him is obviously, like, very, very painful, but it's also very weird because, like, when you say to people that your dad died, people are, like, people have a context for that, right? They're, like, oh, fuck, and... I have a dad. I know what that's like. Yeah, and, and, like, it's this, like, socially acceptable thing that losing your father is a giant... Losing a parent is a giant thing, and so there's, like, a lot of permission in that. Um, It's a lot of, like, oh, well, your dad died. Like, take care of yourself. But this has been very weird because there's not that for this right like if you say that your therapist died to someone it's sort of like oh god that sucks yeah but it's not this like immediate understanding of profound loss yeah um there's not a shorthand for it yeah it's easy to marginalize whatever that means to you totally yeah so i think it's been i mean besides like the obvious parts of how hard it's been i think it's been especially hard because there's not like space carved out for the grieving in this like automatic way so like I you know I've been like sort of getting through and um he had his husband held this really beautiful memorial for him and um my therapist was a professor so he had a lot of students and um the students were invited to the memorial and it was just like this very gracious um generous way to allow all of us to grieve you know and and so I went to the memorial last week and and then this week I woke up one morning and just like didn't want to get out of bed and I was really really sad all day and suddenly I just like needed to lie on the couch and like stare at a wall (laughs) and it it I'm not being very articulate. Um, I just had this moment of like, oh, right, this is what it feels like. Because I remembered that I spent months like this after my dad died where, like, 
nothing was enjoyable. Yeah. Like the things that you can depend on, the things you like know about yourself, like, oh, my name is Lauren and I love a good meal. And so if I'm having a shitty day, at the very least, I can go have a good meal and that will like be an enjoyable activity for me. Those things go away. Yeah. So like, you'll be like, oh, I'm going to go have a good meal. And then you'll go and eat the meal and be like, this doesn't taste good to me. I don't it's really... mush. Yeah, like, I don't care about eating right now, but, like, that's one of the, like, tenets of, like, yeah. who I know myself to be. It's like you just lose what those things are. And then suddenly you feel like you've lost touch with yourself. And, like, it's this, like, um, sort of like tantruming baby thing, right? When you're like a toddler and like things don't feel good and you want to be soothed, but nothing's soothing you. So you just sort of have to sit in the pain of it and remembering that is the shittiest part of like, oh right, this sucks. Instead of trying to fix it, I need to just sort of allow it to be shitty. Yeah, I I think that's always the case. I feel like this thing I've talked about here, uh, I think in the past, and it's usually advice that I, whenever I give anybody who wants advice from me about like, who's going through something hard, mm-hmm. I will oftentimes say that like, just acknowledging and recognizing that whatever you're going through is going to be shitty kind of negates some of the shittiness. Totally. Because you know, what is suffering so much of it is just struggling Yeah. and just recognizing like, this is going to be hard. This yeah. is not going to feel good. Yeah. You're in a different headspace and you're not struggling against that. It's just like, okay, well, this is shitty. Yeah, this is where I am. But it's also interesting in that, like, um, what you were just saying, how there wasn't the shorthand in the same way that, like, when you said your dad died, everybody yeah. knows what that means. Yeah. And there allows space for that. It almost sounds as like, even though you knew that it was a devastating loss for you, mm-hmm that you yourself were not allowing yourself the same space to mourn. Right. Because it surprised you. Right. Because of like almost you didn't have the, you knew, okay, my dad died. I yeah. know this is going to be hard. Right. So you were not anticipating like the same, like waking up and like, oh, I feel underwater. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been weird because like, you know, it's such an intimate relationship. I mean. Yeah. Especially for 10 years. Yeah. And I spent an hour talking to this person every week, but you know, to feel like you know someone so well, but you only know them in the confines of like these four walls, right? Like I only knew him in this office. Right. And I think losing him brought up a lot of like, oh, but like, did I know him? And like, what parts of him did I know? Yeah. And, um, and I think there's some stuff around maybe like some imposter syndrome almost, right? Like, do I, how much do I get to grieve yeah. this person? Because, because how much did I really know him? Because yeah. that's the dynamic of that. I talk to you and right. you don't share that much. Right. Right. That's the way it's structured. Yeah. So you feel like you know somebody so intimately and in many ways you probably do. Totally. But like, you don't know what their home looks like. No. You don't know what, who their friends are. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a, it, it, it is, it's exactly what you were saying. It's like giving yourself permission for like, no, this is valid. These feelings are valid. Yeah. I get to just like lie on the couch today. That's okay. But it's, ugh, it's so hard. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think it's what you're talking about being like a, a toddler. You just be like, okay, but over now. Yeah. Over now. Right. Can be over now. Right. But I just ate this burrito. I'm supposed to feel better. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so I feel like, bloated and I have to take a, <laughs> take a poop. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's And just, I know you love doing that, too. That's a big joy for you. Taking a poop? Yeah. Wow, we're talking about me taking poops now? Wow. I'm just trying to lighten it up. <laughs> um, oh, am I being too much of a bummer? <laughs> Come on, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, yeah. There's something that um, I, I know... I think when a week or so after, maybe even the day of, um, I think it was a week or so after you and I were talking about it and you were still feeling like just a little untethered and lost and mm-hmm. you were busy, so it was like good to be distracted. Um, but something that struck me is, you know, in the course of um, a year, I, I lost my grandmother and then lost you, mm-hmm. and then lost. I didn't lose you, but yeah, it's it's you were grieving our marriage. Yeah, was, yeah, and then lost my mother. Yeah. So it felt in very like very short order. Like I lost all these pillars of strength and like all these like amazing strong women. Yeah. And it just felt like oh, all of this feminine energy in my life is kind of gone. Mm. Um, and I remember saying to you that like it's kind of I wonder if that's also. A little bit what you're it's stirring the pot for losing your dad because it's also like another male pillar of yeah that it kind of occupied the same space totally yeah 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 and you know i mean there's all sorts of like projecting that happens in terms of you know my father was for most of my life not um we are just a mess <laughs> i mean the, oh, ama- yeah. the amount of tissue just piling just, up <laughs> sounds like we're in the, the flu unit <laughs> so ridiculous um uh, you know, my, my father wasn't always like a constant, uh, reliable presence in my life because he was bipolar and, yeah. um, he had his own things he was dealing with. Yeah. 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 Because of, because of his, um, I shouldn't say he was bipolar. That's actually not the thing you want to do. He had bipolar. Um, uh, but because, what's, sorry, what's the distinction? Well, so if if you if I'm saying like my dad was bipolar, then I'm like defining him by it versus right. like he had bipolar. Like you I don't see. say like someone was cancer; they have cancer, right? right? So you sort of want to like define mental illness it's a, it's as a disease that you yes. live with instead of like the very definition of a person. I was I guess I was looking at just in, like a, a in the past. Oh, oh, oh I, I see. see. No, no, no. Just like you know, language yeah. matters. Pronouns matter. Yeah. Um, That's the umbrella of this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, things matter. Things matter. Yes. That <laughs> terribly funny, Colin. Things, things matter. matter. Yep. Um, anyway, so my therapist occupied this very stable part of my life, right? Yes. So as did you, by the way, right? Our relationship was... I'm just going to move your feet because I feel like it's jostling the thing. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. okay. God. Um, it's getting warm in here, isn't it? It is getting... I'm really sweaty. You should turn on the AC. Yeah, that'd be good. All right. So sweat here, comes, this here comes the AC. Well, I want to do it in the cooler room. That's another thing people don't talk about enough. Sweat. Uh, I'm a sweaty person. I'm just going to put that out no, there. that's true. You know that about me. Yeah. But that's because I'm Italian. Yeah, but I'm Italian too. Um, well, you're just an anomaly of many things. You don't sweat. Mm-hmm. You live all things in moderation. Like yep. that's the easiest thing in the world. Yeah. You act like everyone should just be able to do that. Don't, don't have well. Don't have an organ. Don't have an organ. All sorts of all sorts anomalies of, yeah. present. Um, anyway, and like so, my relationship with you was also very steady, right? Like despite yep. all the things that we were always fighting against, like you being sick and and blah 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 our relationship was very uh constant and easy it was a strong foundation even though like yes. it was earthquakes all the time right it was like the building stood yeah 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 so 
so losing that was similarly very difficult. Yeah, I just yeah, I have a lot of a lot of lady energy around me, which is amazing. But um, I think it's very easy to make parallels between those losses. I think you're right. Yeah. Do you think just because inexplicably we've been talking about gender? Yeah. Do you think I said? Um, you know, I said that I felt like I lost like all this feminine energy and all these kind of strong pillars, mm-hmm. uh, and they all they were you know. Regardless, if uh, I guess what I'm, I guess I'm not doing a great job here, but do you think the fact that um, that it was like three men for you and three women for me? Mm-hmm. Um, how much do you think that? the hormonal energy of masculine versus feminine made a difference in that case or was it just losing people to me it felt like mm. it felt like it made a difference because I just felt like it was lacking a kind of a, a certain softness yeah that that's I didn't ha- occupy with like a lot of my good friends male friends are all wonderful evolved mm-hmm. very open minded people as mm-hmm. evidence of Mr. Levy who we keep talking about yeah. <laughs> but it was so different yeah. Still, um, for me at least, felt like it was I was lacking. Um, I don't know. Like I, I don't talk about my dad is not as as supportive and as wonderful as he is. He's not as emotionally uh, open. Right. You know, right. There's like a, there's like an old kind of energy of strength. Right. And solace. Right. And, you know. Yeah. Suffering quietly. Yeah. I mean, I think we're also talking about people who occupied really big archetypes in our life, right? Yes. We're talking about mothers and fathers and grandmothers and, and spouses. <laughs> right. I was and therapists. And therapists. Yeah. That's <laughs> really big archetypes. Bigger than, yeah. Right, right. So then of course like with an archetype you get into to like I'm gonna say stereotype, but I don't mean it as anything derogative, right? You get into like really big pillars of what those people are supposed to occupy in your life, right? So like mothers traditionally are going to be where you go for like your softness and Mm -hmm. your comfort and fathers, you know, if we are to believe (laughs) all the Greek stories ever told, Mm -hmm. like should be what, like, I don't know, pillars of strength and stability and hardness and, um, and it's interesting to see how those like expectations are totally playing out in our life, right? Like, I think that was something I mourned with my father even when he was alive, that the things I was taught to expect in a father, I didn't always get from him. And they are the things that I miss now, even though he didn't always necessarily provide those things. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. And I also think um, it's interesting, um, from my perspective, and this is kind of something I said at the memorial service, is that your father the older he got the softer he got yeah and the kinder he got yeah and the more open and and available he got and the less he looked down his nose at things and the more um gracious and just blindly supportive i think he was because i think he had been humbled so much uh so he occupied a different space than he had when i think when you were younger yeah yeah why do you think that is well i mean i mean that's true for your mom too right Mm -hmm. like your mom also well <laughs> I mean I think your mom got softer yeah. as she got older too honestly I think you can look at both of them and I think for me and I don't want to speak for you but uh, when there was something hard 
Yeah. You know, my mom, I think she had so much more perspective and graciousness and um, she was gratitude diagnosed. when she was diagnosed that first time. Yeah. You know, the person that she was before she was diagnosed and then um, after was, I mean, she was still the same tough cookie. Yeah. But there was, I don't know, it was um, just an ease and a, and a sense of gratitude. And I yeah. think your dad had the same thing. Yeah. Like, after he finally kind of started to recognize that, like, I have this illness and it's okay to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 That's really coming back to our theme. Like, yeah. he started getting comfortable with it. He no longer lives in the shame of it. Yeah. Which was pretty amazing. He started speaking openly at his church. And, and Yeah. And I think he, he wasn't, ash- he, yeah, he wasn't ashamed of it. And right. Because he wasn't ashamed of it because he wasn't trying to hide something, I think he was no longer looking down his, or being judgmental of other things. Right. Because he was like, okay, this is a thing that I have. Yeah. And I don't know what his thought process was, but yeah. it's like, well, I guess everybody has their thing. Yeah. If I want people to be accepting of my thing and like not look at me as I'm broken or right. judge me for right. being less than, right. how can I do the same thing? Right. He talked a lot about... Uh, We'll see if I can get through this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, when he started talking openly, I'm just, I'm so struck by the similarities of like, you know, what I wanted to do when I was coming out and feeling like it was really important to talk openly about it. Cause I felt, you know, like when I was coming out, I couldn't find my story anywhere and it made me feel really crazy and alone. And, and what yeah. you're trying to do with this podcast. And, I still can't really find it a ton. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's out there, but it's not... People don't talk about it. You know what's weird now, which I really don't like, is, like, often if, when I meet new people and it comes up, I get now a lot of, like, oh, yeah, that's, like, the trendy thing, huh? Which is, like, real annoying mm-hmm. um, and so dismissive. But I, I don't know at what point that happened. Or I mean, I'm, I'm grateful, certainly, that, like, the narrative of sexuality seems to be expanding. Sure. But, um, but, right, don't you feel like you now know... I mean, I know at least a few couples around our ages who have very similar stories. I do, I do, but I guess I don't know. I don't know. You, I think your community, the community that you have entered, is, yes. there's a lot of people entering that. And I right. think it's, again, like, it's, I, and everybody's accepting, whereas I think we're, kind of what we're talking about, right. a lot of the people in my position have been like, well, I am, I feel shame over this, or I'm not right. talking about it openly. Right. I guess I just, there yeah. doesn't seem to be the same community. You're right, because I, I gained... A community, right? Like, I was welcomed into a queer community in which I found a ton of friends and yeah. a ton of support, and your community didn't change, mm-hmm. right? So now you're still in the same community, but you're divorced, most of your friends are married, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and so there's, like, I have a lot of opportunity to meet people who have similar stories. Yeah. And I know they're out there, I just haven't, I, right. I just, they're not peers. Right. I don't know where they are. Right. Right. I hear stories about them all the time. Yeah, I know yeah, that yeah. you have friends that are coming through the same thing, but I just don't yeah. know the men or the women right. who, have, who are on the same receiving end. Right, right. Do you ever... Would you, like, want to talk to those people? Or do you feel like... Um, I'm trying to think of a comparison. Like, sometimes it's very comforting to me to talk to other people whose parents have committed suicide. Yeah. And other times, depending on how it's approached, I feel a little, like... Oh, you don't... We're not the same. We're not the same. This is yeah. a very different circumstance. Like, this does not unite us. I sort of push against us. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's... Um, it, it's a case-by-case basis. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a, a something that you and I have talked about is I think it's always when... Uh, when we were... 
when we were trying to figure out if this marriage was going to continue to work yeah. or after my mom died, yeah. I was surprised by who I found comforting. Right. Because sometimes it wasn't it wasn't always the people that I thought were closest to me. And right. those people still are closest, but there's right. sometimes there's something something that's inexplicable and tangible mm-hmm. of for some reason you are very comforting to me. Mm-hmm. So I think like what you're saying is like some people, even though you may have had similar-ish experiences, mm-hmm. the way you approach it is different. Mm-hmm. So, so what you're saying is you can't generalize. <laughs> is that what is that what we just came to? So interesting. So you're yeah, mm-hmm. but what you can do is like take like something that I've said like in a much more verbose way, uh-huh. and then be like, yeah, dumb dumb. <laughs> no, I no that wasn't being about you. I'm making fun of both of uh-huh. us that we're like, why is it? That Why some, is it? Oh, yeah. Some people are comfortable. Oh, because people are different. <laughs> right, right, right. Everybody's different. Interesting. Huh. Hmm. People are people. Him or they are different. <laughs> um, um, wait, I feel like I was making a point and now I forget. Uh, well, I think we're talking I about the difference of... Um, at least the, what I was talking about. Of like having a community versus... Well, that and also I think the, the crux of the, conversa- or the question was, do you... Th- the fact that it was three men, do you think that you notice, does that feel different? Was right. It, does it matter that it was three men or did it matter to me it's three women? Or is right. it just like three very important people and it, the gender of it didn't matter? Yeah. Do you feel like there's an energy specifically occupied because yeah. of they were men? Or do you think it didn't matter? Uh, no, I think, it, I think it does. I mean, I think for whatever reason, the three of you all occupied a very similar space in my life, which was that like especially with my dad, which then got transferred onto my therapist after my dad died. Like, my dad was, this is the thing I miss most about him, very proud of me. Um, And specifically, I feel like, was even more proud of me after I came out, Mm -hmm. which I really didn't expect. Like, he just, he embraced it in this way that I never expected him to. And he embraced Samira, and he was so proud of my career and like had started referring to himself as Lauren Morelli's dad mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that that was his was name. probably something he did when he was a kid or when you were a kid. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And um, at the time when he was alive, it was to a point where it felt sort of annoying, right? Mm-hmm. Like he would brag on Facebook and do yeah, things that just made me feel like, oh, dad. The things that you're like, oh, come on. Yeah, Act yeah, like yeah. Been there, yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and now I miss that so much. I miss his pride and how, like when something good happened, he was the first person I wanted to call. And I think before our divorce, you were the first person, you know, like I I keep losing those people. And it's so interesting because I have lots of people who are very proud of me, right? Like, and certainly now when something great happens, like celebrating with Samira is wonderful. Like I have that person, but that, it, I just still feel the absence. And I don't know if that's maybe because of the male part of it, that I'm looking for, like, a man to be proud of me, which, oh, boy, I better get back into therapy to talk about that. No, well, you know? I mean, I think it's about, I think it's less about a man. It, specifically, it's about, like, your dad. Yeah. But I also think it's also, I think what makes those connections and by proxy me mm-hmm. uh, is just length of time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like, you've seen how far I've come. Right. You know, you were right. there. Right, the journey. Yeah, you were there when I was, you know, your dad was there for everything. And yeah. I've known you since you were 11 or 10. Yeah. And like, you know, just knowing when you came out here and rem- remembering those days where like you 
didn't feel like you had anything to contribute. Right. And then seeing you come going from that to like being a titan of industry. Wow. <laughs> but you know, like, should you, that be my Twitter bio? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but like, see, like, you know, I think that's one of the things. Like, when I, you know, when I look at the people that I went to college with that I met when I was like a, you know, a fledgling human yeah. at eighteen, and now like, look how far we've come. Yeah, it's so there's cool. more of an understanding, and there's more of like right. somehow celebration because right. like you've seen all the things. Yeah. So I think that's maybe a little bit of it. Getting to, well, this is a thing I've been thinking Same about thing with Greg, right? Yeah, and talking about a lot is like. It's exactly that. It's like having witnesses. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like none of this matters if there aren't people to witness. Yeah, and, um, and I felt like, you know, you were and are still a witness for me, but like losing my father and losing my therapist, who were such constant witnesses, and just, um, you know, I've had like some bigger career things happen in the past couple months and. I'm really excited about them, but it it felt less. Yeah. You know, those accomplishments felt less because I I can imagine how my dad would have reacted and not getting to to have him here to do that has been really painful. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, I think it gets that gets down to a very base level of like, what is the point of any of this? Right. Why do we do any of this? I know. There's some of it for fulfillment, but some a lot of it is just uh, like share, sharing things. Yeah, like if you're not sharing, sharing things, your right. life. Right. Kind of what? Why do it? Right. And I feel like sometimes, even though like, um, I feel very fortunate and lucky, and I do have like a lot of amazing friends. Um, and I still have like you as a pillar of, yeah. of support. Yeah. Um, I still love my dad and stuff, but like you know, I'm still like uh, partnerless. Right. And like that's a little bit like sometimes it just feels like, ah, uh, well, huh? It, yeah. It doesn't feel like that shouldn't be like a thing that defines. It doesn't define me, but it's still like. Yeah. We talked about a few minutes ago, or you know, a while ago, like we all feel alone. Yeah. Even when we're surrounded by a lot of love, totally. sometimes it just feels like. I don't know. Am I, am, am I sharing this? Am I right. doing the right things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not articulate at all. But it doesn't matter. It makes me think about the lady that you're excited about right now. Oh yeah. You've been single for three years. Mm-hmm. What do you feel like you've learned? Um. I mean, single on and off. I don't want to discount. No, no, no. I've had. I've met a lot of great people. Yeah. Um. A lot of very. I think I've been fortunate enough to like be evolved and changed and enriched by like a lot of um women that I spent time with yeah um I don't know man that's an interesting question I think um well I've learned a lot of weird things about um not weird things I've learned a lot of things I think about it felt like I had an adolescence yeah. Finally, right, of. which you never had. Yeah, I mean, just something like you know, obviously, I had a actual adolescence. Yeah. Um, but then you know, I had a lovely college girlfriend, and that ended. And then I was kind of just sick right after that. Yeah. And then we started dating shortly yeah. thereafter. So like, I never had like a period in which I was like healthy and like a single person. Yeah. Outside of like freshman year of college. Um, so I think that was like a little bit interesting. I think it like yeah. changed 
uh, my outlook on sexuality a little bit. Huh. Um, How so? I think just a help, more healthier outlook. Yeah. And uh, I don't think I moralized things, but I think it was like a little bit more, just like understanding like how um, intrinsic part of being a human and how it is healthy to have a sexual appetite and things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And also like how to be, um, a little bit how to be kind. Yeah. You know, and what, how that is sometimes difficult. And yeah. What, that sometimes kindness is not always being nice. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I don't know. I think I've learned... Um, I guess I've learned I still don't know what what will fulfill me. Really? I think so. I mean, I think... I, I mean, mean I, Go ahead. I don't know. I know when I like feel like I feel good when I, you know, uh, um, I made last year <clears throat> for uh, New Year's resolution, which I haven't, re- I don't really do. I used yeah. to just make like goals. I'm yeah. gonna do, I want to write this and do that, and it was like all like very pragmatic yeah. stuff. Um, and I think last year after 2015 was like a, a year I felt like spent underwater that mm-hmm. I was just depressed and mourning and I didn't realize it a little bit. I knew it was mourning, but I was like, I didn't realize how long it was yeah. going to happen and didn't recognize that it's it's fluid and a living thing. Um, so 2016, the only the only like resolutions I made were to um, work on my execution and my follow through and to take like bigger swings. And I felt like by and large, I was happier in like 2016. Hmm. I was still like further away. I was further away from as much um, heartache. I mean, I was losing your dad was difficult for yeah. me. It wasn't, you know, on par with what you went through, but he was an important man yeah. in my life. Um, but I think just like finishing things and like doing this was, a, you know, a yeah. part of that. Yeah. Um, this is a very long-winded way of saying like I. I don't know what I've learned. I guess. It sounds like you've learned a lot. Yeah, but it feels like amorphous. Yeah, but I think it's not always the case. It's not like you ever get to a point where you're like, I've learned this, and therefore now I'm going to do this. Like, I think, for me at least, it's always sort of like, you know, once you find the thing that fulfills you, it only fulfills you for so long, and then, yeah, you know, like, I mean, I guess I'm thinking professionally right now. Like, it's it's always a, a moving target, which is maybe unhealthy, but I kind of assume that that's what makes us fairly successful people is this like constant need to continue to learn and evolve and and like mastery of something and so then you want the next thing yeah. and, you know but I think like personally I I think you have a very clear idea of what you want in a partner you just haven't found it yet don't well you I, think? Th- I also think I guess what I've learned is that another thing I've learned is um, <sighs> rationale is intellectually understanding and wanting something doesn't make it so. Right. Like saying like, okay, this is what I want right. in profession or most, most, most in, yeah. like in, in romance. Mm-hmm. Saying like, oh, this is what I want and this is what I'm ready for. Right. Doesn't mean, totally. you, you can say those things, yeah. but it doesn't make it true. Right. In the same way that you could have continue to be like, nope, I'm a straight person who's married. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can you can intellectualize that and, right. and explain to it why, yeah, right. this is, and all these reasons, yeah, that works. Right. And I think I was doing that for a long time, mm-hmm. like, I'm ready for another relationship. I'm ready for mm-hmm. something. Because you wanted that to be true. Yeah. Right. And I don't, and so I guess, I mean, that's that feels like a dumb thing, but it's like no, a reminder of like. dumb at all. Uh, just in the same way of, um, 
you know, it took me a long time to realize that I was still mourning after my mom died. Right. And I think it took me the same thing, like, oh, I'm still mourning this, like, relationship a little bit. Um, And just, I guess, recognizing that uh, healing in any capacity takes a long time. Ugh, it takes so long. And it's a bummer. It's such a bummer. Because you want it to be, like, okay, all done. Did it. I know. I think that's the bummer of talking to people who have lost parents um, and people just being, like... It doesn't... I mean, I've tried to a lot of people who have been like, it doesn't totally get better. Like, mm-hmm. it gets better, but you still miss them every day. Or there are still, like, yeah. days where you're knocked... Like, ten years later, you're still knocked on your ass by the absence of this person. And I think especially losing a parent this young... I don't know what this feels like for you, but for me, I think constantly about all of the things that he's going to miss, right? Like, my, my wedding... You know, like, my hopeful hopefully kids like he's gonna miss being a grandfather like just all of those things just like the list of stuff that he's gonna miss never ends yeah yeah I um was struck by we both uh, saw 20th century woman yes and uh I think we have different experiences of it but we both were like cried a ton yes and I think the thing that really struck me was at the end just this notion of uh how do I explain trying to explain the, the narrator trying to explain to his kids what his mother was. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, like, no way to do that. To articulate anybody as a person, you can, like, tell stories, but it's just, like, but there was this force. Yeah. This is the thing that kills me is, like, so my dad lost his dad mm-hmm. at the same exact age, right? My dad was 33, I think, when, when his father and my grandfather died, and I think I was two. So... And I remember now, all the time, as a kid, whenever my dad would bring my grandfather up in conversation, my dad would cry. Mm-hmm. And I remember as a kid thinking, like, oh, God, Dad. Get it together, bro. <laughs> yeah, like, Come on. should you really still be crying about this? Like, it's been, like, you know, 15 years or whatever. You need to excuse yourself? Come yeah. on, get together. I'm a kid. <laughs> You're embarrassing me. Um, and just that, like, I'm going to be that to my kids right like constantly trying to articulate who this person was and illuminate who they were and, um and knowing that like i'll never even get close yeah i'll never even get close being an adult sucks <laughs> yeah right? do you like i don't know i mean i i like who i am and i like getting older for sure like I like discovering the person that I am more and more and like getting more settled in who I am and and growing more confident in those things and like but the like starting to grapple with losing things yeah with like with death and trauma and like yeah it's so tough dealing with death and trauma and also dealing with like shouldn't I have this shit figured out by now yeah like I think that's a thing I think all the time of like how do I still not know like I got a message the other day about um, an, an insurance thing uh-huh. and I was like oh fuck yeah. I don't think I've paid that for a long time <laughs> yeah. and then realized like oh it's on automatic pay but mm-hmm. I don't I had no clue mm-hmm. I know, I know. Just like things like, just yeah. practical things. Yeah. Like, how am I, how am I alive and, and I flourishing? Know. I know, I know. I have this thought all the time where like, especially on my really bad days right now where, you know, because like certainly 
the death of my therapist has really triggered all of the pre-existing grief from my father and so I'm, I feel like I've sort of backtracked in a lot of right. ways and yeah it, it like whatever dust had settled like got stirred up again. yeah exactly and so on my really bad days now I think like but like isn't someone gonna come take care of me you know <laughs> like but wait but why is it I have to do it are you kidding yeah. like yeah. I'm this sad and like everything feels so hard and no one's gonna come like isn't somebody just gonna pick me up yeah like isn't like my pervert I mean you know I'm saying proverbial mother even though my mother's alive like because I just want like some mother figure to like rise out of the ground and be like no no it's fine I got it yeah. I'll pay the insurance thing do you need groceries great I'll go do that like you just stay here on the couch don't worry about a thing yeah it's the worst yeah what do you you asked me a question as what I've learned in three years of being single mm-hmm. um, what have you feel like you've learned in three years of being a um, gay lesbian person <laughs> oh my god <laughs> no but in the same period the same time period yeah yeah years, yeah because we it's been a very tumultuous period mm-hmm. with a lot of highs but mm-hmm. also fuck man those valleys those valleys in the rough yeah oh my god what have I learned Um, you know, I think I have learned, you said this, I think I've learned how to be kind both to other people Mm -hmm. and to myself, especially to myself. Um, I think I had to learn how to forgive myself. Right. Um, I think I had a lot, a lot of guilt and shame about... Uh, how much I hurt you and about, you know, feeling like I I didn't know myself and all kinds of things that I had to really learn to let go of in order to not only, like, learn to love myself, but also to live the joy of it, mm-hmm. you know, to come around and be like, wait, but this story is beautiful. Our yeah. story is beautiful, you know, both my story with you and my story with Samira and my story with myself. Mm-hmm. All of those things are beautiful. Um and I feel every day so grateful to be on this side of it, you know, to live in like the beauty of that has been one of the better things that's ever happened in my life. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, <laughs> uh, Samir and I were talking about this the other day. We were talking about a moment very early in our relationship where um, I was being a crazy person and it's a story we laugh and joke about a lot. And, I asked her the other day, I was like, wait, what did you think at that time? Like, what did you think of me? And she was like, oh, I thought you were a crazy person. <laughs> but but I knew that, like, your kind of crazy was different than my kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. And, like, that our crazy would sort of complement mm-hmm. each other. And in that moment when she was like, oh, I thought you were a crazy person, it was truly the first time where I was like oh my god I'm a crazy person do you know what I mean like for three years I had been living in this reality where I was like oh like I have got everything not everything figured out but like you know I'm five years older than her and I live in this reality of like I have done it all a little bit of elitism totally totally and like just waiting for her to figure it out Mm -hmm. but then I was like oh no no I am also crazy but I'm crazy I'm still figuring it out yeah it's not crazy. It's just like, I don't know. Shit's messy. And I think I have the answers, but I do not. Yeah. Yeah. So for the like 1800th time, that's a real number in our relationship. I was like, oh no, she's like so much wiser than I am. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of, um, 
there was this this widely circulated article. Have we talked about this on the in the New York Times last year called like why you're going to marry the wrong person? No, I don't think we have actually. Interesting. Which is weird. We've talked about many things. Uh, many things. Um, I don't. It, it was obviously read a lot because of the very provocative title, and I don't remember the bulk of it. But the one thing I do remember from it is like his sort of thesis at the end of it was like you're going to marry the wrong person and here's why it's okay. And then there's like this part of it and I'm going to paraphrase, which is, which is basically like anyone on, on the planet is going to drive you crazy. Yeah. Anybody. So it's about like being in relationship is actually about choosing like the person's crazy who you want to live with. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is so liberating. It's like, then we get out of this like searching for perfection thing, Mm -hmm. both in ourselves and our, in our perfect, it applies to everything. Yeah. And it's like, oh, right, just, like, find the right crazy for you. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. I also think it's... um, I think because I have been single for a while now, and Mm -hmm. now we're getting around to the the stage in life where most of the weddings are over. Yeah. And now we're to, like, oh, it's divorce time. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Do you have friends getting divorced? Yeah. Oh, I don't. Yeah. Um... But I mean, just like in general, like, or just like long, not even divorcing, but just like long, long relationships yeah. ending. Right. Um, and I, maybe because I've been single for a while, uh, I think occasionally someone, people will ask me for advice when they're new to it. Uh huh. And anyway, I just always kind of thought and said that like, anytime I've found something that's successful, it's always been successful in spite of whatever difficulties there are. Right. It's always, nice. it's always that... I think a successful relationship is kind of like, uh, you know, a fun night out where like, you know, you're out, you're with friends, you, you get to a restaurant at seven, you look at your watch, it's seven thirty. you look at it again, it's, it's midnight. How the fuck did that happen? Yeah. It's kind of like you all of a sudden look around and like, how, how we're moving into together? Uh-huh. How did this happen? Uh-huh. But great. Yeah. I, I didn't stop to think about... Right. Like, and, and, you know, you're cognizant of all the problems, but, like, they don't seem like problems. Yeah. They seem, like, intriguing, and they seem like a joy to take. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah, Samira talks about that a lot, too. Like, uh, I'm going to forget the way she says it, which is much more articulate, but it's basically that, right? It's, like, choosing choosing the problems instead of running away from them like I see the problems and I'm in this like I'm gonna sit down and work on them and it's gonna be a pleasure to because it means that we're like working on whatever comes next which is really lovely I think and mature and a very different construct of what I think we're socialized to expect in a relationship right Mm -hmm. where I think we're socialized to expect perfection and if it's less than perfection then you're compromising you should keep going you shouldn't settle when in fact like there's always gonna be shit yeah yeah there's always gonna be shit and I think um, that's the thing that I've I think in the last three years they've come to recognize Mm -hmm. is uh, those are just kind of crutches what's crutch what's a crutch like saying like well, this doesn't line up in the way of this yeah. idealized thing. Right. And I also think that's, they are crutches, but it's also like, if you're making those excuses, mm-hmm. then it's not right. Because mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what the reasoning is. Yeah. If you're still, because you, when it's more successful, you rationalize around those things. That, right. As opposed totally. to look for them. Yeah, you like yeah, see yeah. them, like, like, well, that's, yeah, that's fine. It's different. Yeah. That's different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's so true. Um, 
I have a question for you. Okay. Something that I've thought about uh, a lot and talked about in therapy because I think you you said you know a few minutes ago that how our story, how your story, being you and Samira and you you in general, or you and Greg, or you and your dad, mm-hmm. you know, they're beautiful stories, mm-hmm. and embracing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you feel like um, I, I agree with you intrinsically? Like it's something that I I am proud of. All the things, all those stories, all those stories, yeah. all of my stories, mm-hmm. um, as much as they were hard, like I wouldn't change them. Right. I don't think. Right. I, I think they like, I kind of wear them like merit badges a little bit. Uh-huh. I'm proud of how I made it through that. Totally. And I also think it's, I think it's kind of what makes me interesting. Yeah. Not all, always, uh, not intrinsically. That's not the only thing, but yeah. it's like something that this is an interesting part of me. Yeah. Um, do you feel the same way? And also... Is there in some way like a little bit, or have you ever questioned, are you like a little bit addicted to that level of like Mm. tumult or like just like things being a little bit, like do you ever feel dissatisfied, like when you have like a moment of stillness, is it like for a moment it's nice, but that goes on too long. It's like, ah, this feels foreign. And I like when things are a little bit more of a whirling dervish. Um, There's a lot of questions in one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh boy, I could talk about this for a whole nother hour. Mm-hmm. Episode 100? Sure. <laughs> um, keep really worming my way in here. Uh, I don't I don't question whether I'm addicted to it. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like most of the difficult things in my life have... A lot of them have been external, with the exception of me coming out. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like I couldn't... I didn't choose to have a father with mental no, illness. Of course I didn't, not. You know, um, no. you didn't choose to be sick. Uh, I, I mean, I also didn't choose to be gay, right? Um, but that certainly was like a much more internal thing. But you did choose to be with a sick person. Totally. Yeah. And I used to talk about that in therapy a whole lot because my mom was a caretaker and I was really nervous that I was just playing out. Yeah, that was a thing we struggled with. Yeah, a lot. those patterns. Um, which I think I've gotten, I think I've, I'm very conscious of that now and I've gotten past that, but it's certainly been like a hard role yeah. to let go of because so much of my value was tied to being a caretaker. And if I wasn't doing that, then I didn't necessarily mm-hmm. know what my value was, which is in the past, which is great. Um, I do question and wonder about like the amount of, of I don't know, bad shit. Mm-hmm. in my life and like I, I wonder about that sometimes that in what way <sighs> I'm sure you get this too like when my therapist died a lot of my friends like the reaction has been like Jesus Morelli like what are yeah. you right yeah. and I don't like being that person I don't want to be that person and it makes me wonder like it gets me into a place where that I used to do a lot when I was much younger, which is like a place of magical thinking of like, am I like cursed? Am yeah. I like, why me? Yeah. Which I rationally know is not a thing, but, but it is hard to like, because I think you want to make meaning of it, right? You want to under, if I could just understand why these bad things keep happening, then I could, then I could grasp onto it versus like everyone has bad shit. Yeah. And, and we all go through phases and, um, and there's not a rhyme or reason to the way the universe functions in, the, in that no. capacity. No. Um, so I think I try to... Ugh, I think I try to... I'm like, I'm so in it right now yeah. that 
but you know like eventually when you're out of it like we're talking about you can see the rhyme and reason in it you can see how it makes you who you are and and you can even be grateful for it so I, I when I'm in it I try to have faith that like I know eventually I'll get there like when when I was coming out and you and I were splitting up that I kept going to therapy and saying that I felt like I was in the middle of an ocean and I was drowning and my therapist would often extend that metaphor for me and be like, but if you're swimming across the ocean, like eventually you're gonna get to the shore, right? Mm-hmm. So, and, I, and I, I've seen that in my life now, like I know that that's true. So I try to keep in mind that when you're in the middle of the ocean, like the shore will be there eventually, but it's so hard yeah. to, to feel that. Like, cause sometimes you're in the middle of the ocean and you can't fucking see the shore, you know? So like also, having faith that it's going to appear one day is tough. And also taking that metaphor further, like sometimes I feel like, am I swimming in circles? Right. Am I doing Which the right things that help me get back to... I mean, I'm interested in this construct of like right things that you keep talking about. Like, I don't know. It feels like, um, a lot of like shoulds. Like you know what I mean? Like, no. like what would be the right? What would be the wrong thing? Like, who's to say that there's a wrong thing in terms of whatever you're doing or whatever choices you're? Oh, you know oh. what I mean? Has that has that been something I've said a couple times? You said it a couple times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, am I doing the right things? Well, I think I guess in that way, um, in that in that scenario of like just talking about like when you feel like you are in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. And there's no nothing nothing to grasp onto. Right doing the right thing meaning like am I making healthy decisions right that allow me to move forward right but 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 yeah but maybe it's way less linear than that right yeah like, 100% and maybe, also it is it's not it's not right or wrong right like maybe swimming in circles is the exact thing to do for whatever reason and then in five years you'll be like oh that's why you know yeah and I think I mean yes 100% I think just looking back on things um like when I was just felt like I was underwater that whole year after my mom died uh, I don't think there was a right or wrong but it was I had to have hindsight to look back like oh that's just what was happening right I was like desperate to be like why do I why am I just like why is everything gray yeah 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 why do (laughs) I feel like I'm just everything is tastes like wonder bread isn't it crazy how hard it is to identify depression in yourself yeah, because right? I, because you're just like, like we're in therapy. We're like generally self-actualized people. Well, I, don't I think know. it's it's when there's like when you look around and nothing is wrong, and then you're right. like, then you just feel like I'm doing something. I'm doing something wrong because there's no external forces that uh-huh. are, are making me feel this way. Even though at that point, like if you had looked around, it would have been like, oh yeah, my mom died. Duh. Yeah, but it's just I don't know. I, I don't know. know. You can't see that even yeah. though. It, like really, on Thursday this this week. I just, like, when I couldn't get off the couch, it was like, I mean, I texted you. Like, mm-hmm. I, I ended the day by manically cleaning for four yeah. hours. Like, my house has never been cleaner. And then I finished cleaning, and I sat down on the couch, and I just bawled. <laughs> like, I just burst into tears. And it's like, I have these moments where I'm like, oh, my God, if I was writing this, it would be like, this is a little on the nose, Lauren. <laughs> and yet you're like... You can't just, see it sometimes. You can't see it. Yeah. You just can't see it. It's also interesting. I think I've made this metaphor before where, like, sometimes I feel like it's... um, What's up? I don't know. It lit up. Oh, did it? Yeah. Oh, it seemed okay. Okay. Everything seems all right. Um, <laughs> sometimes... Um, you keep moving and uh, do you remember like in The Flash or Superman 
whenever they go really fast and they like a chemtrail behind them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And then, or like even Roadrunner. Yeah. You know? And then when you stop, that like blurred atmosphere like just catches up. Right. And it's like, I feel like that's what a lot of what I have done uh-huh. in general with uh-huh. being somewhat, sometimes aware of it and sometimes not at all. Just like keep on moving so those, that chemtrail feelings can't catch you. Right. And then as you stop, it's right. like, Oh, you sit on the couch after after cleaning for four hours and just like everything yep. settles and like, well, it caught up to me. Yeah, man. The things we do to avoid feeling, the things to, we do to, to avoid feel pain. uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, to feel uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, to just like stay in it. You said a thing a moment ago where you were like, you know, when something else happens to you and people are like, ugh, Jesus, Jesus, Morelli, mm-hmm. like all this shit. Um, and you're saying that you didn't want to be that person. Yeah. Uh, and I don't want to be that person either, but whenever I get that, that actually somebody actually saying that or that yeah. sensation, I don't want to be that person, but I am proud that I am to some degree because I feel like I can handle this. Yeah. And that that's like, I guess that's what I'm, that's a, I think a, a point of pride that I've taken out of all this stuff is like how we've come through it, how yeah. uh, I have feel like I have just evolved and managed to handle a lot of it and that, yeah. that's like a point of pride like look at this I made yeah. it through this yeah and I'm, I'm, I'm yeah it's a point of pride that like I don't want to be this person but I'm glad that I have been because I know I can handle it and it's made me better totally and 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 not only have we gotten through it but I think we've both found ways to turn around and like hopefully help other people through the shitty times too yeah. which you know is a way of making meaning of it and and also makes me really proud of, yeah. I mean it makes me so proud of you I, I'm it's so cool to like sit back and like when you forward me emails that you get from strangers in Australia I just I think it's I think it's really cool what you're doing and I think people really respond to it because it's so fucking authentic to you to, to who you are as a as a person, then I think you're finding ways for other people to represent themselves in a really honest way. And I just, especially right now, I just think it's what we need. I just think we need like honesty and like earnestness is earnestness. And like everyone acts like it's so fucking uncool, but it's like, it's what we need. And I think it's really great. Um, congratulations. On well, 50 thank episodes. you. Thanks. Um, a question that I asked to, I ask all, all of my guests, uh, huh. Um, you think I'm handsome? <laughs> yes. Great. You are the first person to get it right. Um, what advice do you have? We've talked about a, such a broad swath of, tro- of topics, but yeah. like, what advice do you have for anybody who is going through any of this? Who's going through, who has gone through uh, coming out, who's gone through losing somebody, who's gone through... Um, in the position you're now right now like dealing with both joy and sadness the joy of like I'm getting married but the sadness of dealing mourning relationship with your feeling about your dad and feeling about your therapist and just like a closure in life like how do you deal with all of that what is your advice to living life (laughs) um uh Greg my therapist said something to me in one of our last sessions has really stuck with me and that is I was like 
going on all these meetings um, for work and I was meeting a lot of new people at new companies and feeling like I needed to go in and like dazzle them. And I was feeling really stressed because I had just come off of the fifth season of Orange and I was really tired and like I hadn't had time yet to, you know, sleep and regenerate and come up with new ideas. Like I didn't have anything to pitch. And I felt like these meetings were like my one chance to impress people. And if I went in and like that, I couldn't go in and just be like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what show I want to make that I would be like losing my chance. That This was one my one chance. And Greg looked at me and he said, you know, Lauren, <laughs> there's only the truth. There's only the truth. And like, all you can do is go into these meetings and represent your truth and it was so simple and it was so like <laughs> i don't know plain mm. that i just keep thinking about it. i think about it every day like god today the only truth is that I, I can't get off the couch or the only truth is that like i is is the truth <laughs> so, you know like there's just nothing else so if you can find ways to live that, whether it's like small or big or like whatever you're capable of that day, just so like, mm. that's all there is, is the truth of of what your life is and who you are and trying to do anything else is such a waste of your energy. That's what I got. Sounds pretty good. Yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, just you're saying that, um, it, just because this is, you know, my reference point for everything, but it, I don't know if you've seen it, but City Slickers. I have not seen City Slickers. Is the whole, like, mission statement of, you know, Billy Crystal goes on this journey because he's wild and happy, mm -hmm. and he meets an old cow cowboy and tells him, like, that the importance and the, the only thing that matters in life is just one thing. And then he dies before he tells him what that is. Mm -hmm. I'm crying about city <laughs> but it's just like the, the the idea is like it's doesn't it, there's not an answer yeah but it's just that one thing that's important to you that's the truth to you that's in front of you in that one moment yeah that's all there is yeah just your truth I well, love you I love you thanks for Thank, having me on again my pleasure um I think that's it yeah that's think, good yeah I think I think that feels good yeah okay finished on city slickers <laughs> good stuff Steve see you for a hundred yep bye bye I see evidence of you and him boom there it is 50 episodes ah confetti from the ceiling balloons how exciting um but legit it has been a fun 50 uh so thank you so much for all of you guys for listening also thank you to Lauren for uh again just being the best for coming out uh taking time out of her day to talk to me about things that are not always easy and for also being my best bro uh you're great uh if you want to see what else is going on with Lauren you can check her out at, at Lo Morelli that's at L-O-M O-R-E-L-L-I on Twitter also on Instagram give her, give her a follow she's delightful and she's good at stuff uh, also I need to say because it's the 50th episode a very special thank you to Hayden Fongheiser he's the guy who does everything behind the scenes he does all of the the uploading and the editing and all the shit that I don't have the time or the technical acumen to do he does that he just had a birthday so happy birthday Hayden and thank you for being a little partner in this, this little project uh, also thank you to Julia Pot and Kim Klein Club for our music 
And thank you to the other 49 guests who have taken time out of their day to, you know, talk to me about some weird stuff. You guys are all great. Uh, podcasts can be dumb, and maybe this one is too, but, you know, uh, hopefully it's a little bit cathartic. Okay, guys, I hope you have a great week. I love you. we got some great guests coming up, so stay tuned. Okay, bye.